Welcome to another episode of the Excellence Podcast. My name is Kevin Camps. Our guest this week is former Florida Gator and Tennessee Titan and now NFL ambassador to the colleges, Ben Troop. In this episode, Ben and I talk about overcoming adversity, the foundations of faith that push and sustain him, as well as following your dreams. Also, Ole Miss head coach or former head coach Hugh Freeze is a topic of discussion, and we're going to talk a little bit about his restoration process for his family as well as the team. We also talk a little football because we love football, and we talk about the Florida Gators as well as what's going on in the SEC. As always, we have the closing word from our guests, and Ben absolutely brings the heat, so you don't want to miss that. Whether you are just getting up out the bed, sitting at work, or riding in your car, let us help you go to another place of excellence. So take a listen. I would like to welcome everyone to the Excellence Podcast. My name is Kevin Camps. Today we have a great friend, great man that's joining us today. His name is Ben Troop, former Florida Gator, former Tennessee Titan, NFL tied in, uh, Florida Georgia Hall of Fame inductee. Um, you know, just so much that we could go down the list and, you know, just a I don't know what to say. He's just got so much going on. He's been traveling around and and he's been traveling to a lot of different places, a lot of different colleges just to to share a great message. And I'm glad to have him. Ben, how are you doing? Man, I'm always doing good, Kevin, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you, man. And it's it's, it's an awesome time. And I'm I'm, glad to be here. We're looking to have a great uh, conversation this, this evening and just to talk a little about you know, what's going on in our lives, hopefully motivate some people, hopefully inspire some people to go do some great things, man. So, Ben, can you tell us a little bit where, what you got going on, where you're at, what you got, what you're selling, what you're doing? Just tell us what you got going on, man. Well, you still working with the NFL ambassador through the college outreach program. I ran through the NFL operations department. You know, it's an opportunity for me as a former player to go shed some light uh, to these, uh, to this current crop of football players, uh, just to be able to talk to them about, like, you know, embracing their opportunity in college football. I used to talk to them a lot about the, the National Football League, but let's face it, if you go to colleges like the University of Florida, if you're good enough, they're definitely going to come calling. So um, it's, my, it's my opportunity just to be able to, first and foremost, let these young men know that I'm rooting for them, uh, let them know that no bigger supporter out there for them than me, but also to let them know that this opportunity that they have is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity they need to take full advantage of it. And if the NFL presents itself, it does, but no greater opportunity or platform than they have than right now uh, at the University of Florida. So well, as, you're, as you're going around, as you're traveling, like what, what, what are you kind of sensing from athletes, like their mentality, their thought process? A lot of things have changed as far as the student, the athlete, that, that back when you guys were playing, there was no social media. The exposure wasn't there. Do you sense there's a difference? Or now we're just more privy to it because everything is so open. No, I mean I definitely sense a sense of entitlement, and it's and it's one of those things to where they just been groomed to be entitled. From they they've grown up in a society that that relishes in the the likes and the retweets and the and the number of followers, and they really think they have a platform, and they really think they have a they have a. Um, a brand. When I was at the University of Florida, one of the things that Coach Mack was saying that they had a social media specialist that was talking to them about uh, building a brand. And I told him, you don't have a brand. Your brand is the University of Florida. So the only reason why people know you is because you go to UF. Now, if you leave UF and you go on to do greater things, then you work on your brand. But the only reason why people know who you are, no matter what position you play, whether you start or you're on the bench, is because you go to UF. So I was just telling them that you don't have a brand right now. Just take full advantage of the opportunity 
you know, that you have, but they don't have a brand and they are entitled. But I told them the same pedestal that they build you up on will be the same one you fall from. Mm. And so we do see that often. We see kids oftentimes they, they, they come out of their homes, they're, they're away from their parents, they're away in these areas. And like, what would, you, what would your message be? Because right now, you know, we're kind of in that recruiting camp season before we break into the season. You know, then we're going to the recruiting season. Kids are visiting and they're doing all these type of things. Like, if, if you had a son or someone you're a mentor, like, what's your message to them um, as a as a young player that's aspiring to go to college or a senior aspiring to go to the NFL? Like, what would be your message that you would share with them? Well, the first thing I would tell them um, is uh, don't be selfish. Understand that it takes a lot of people to help you do what you do on a current day as well as not to mention what you aspire to do. So don't be selfish and make it all about you when it's never, ever been about you. I would tell them to be humble. Understand that it doesn't matter how great you think you are that, you know, it doesn't, you don't, you don't really have this, uh, you know, you don't really have this persona of, of greatness in the sense that, you know, the world is supposed to be like a relishing uh, at your accomplishments. And number three is be willing to work for what you want. Like most of these guys, they, they've been so good for so long. They've been praised for so long that they think that that's how life is. And I would say that make sure that your reality matches your perception because most of their perceptions don't match their reality. What they think is actually going on is not what the real world is going to, you know, show them. So I would just tell them just don't be self. I mean, don't be selfish, be humble and be willing to work for what you want. Because if you have those, you know, those three tools amongst, you know, other things, I think they could definitely be successful because, all of them want the glory. You know, nobody wants a story in a sense. So I just tell them, just be humble. Uh, don't be selfish. And, and you know, be, and, uh, be a workaholic. And so, Ben, can you kind of tell us a little bit, um, have you, as, as, as you came to the end of your NFL career and, you know, you, you moved on from that. And we know for some people, for some players, that's difficult because you're not in the grind, you know, the, you're not the, the exposure isn't there. You're not on TV. You're not getting praised. And it was like, how hard is that transition to stop playing ball and then come into your life? And then after, and, and just kind of explain how you kind of got into what you're doing right now. Well, the, well, the transition when you first leave sports in any sport is difficult because you've done the same thing for so long and you've gotten used to not necessarily the praise or the accomplishments, but the routine. You've gotten used to, you know, Monday through Friday and then it goes to Saturday or Monday through Saturday and then you play on Sunday. So it's just how do I go from one routine to another routine? How do I go from so many people helping me do the what I do to I have to do it for myself? How do I how do I replace the one thing that I've that I've been so committed to that I've given my, my blood, sweat and tears to, to what how do I replace that? And for me, I thank God every day that I have talents far beyond you know, far beyond the playing field. I wasn't one of those guys that looked at football as my as my end all be all. I've always done things outside of football that prepared me for what I'm doing now. I've always worked with nonprofits. I've always worked with young people. I've always been a you know a speaker. So the things that I'm doing now is the things I've been doing, you know, uh, when I was a player. So I think my transition was a little bit different only because football kind of took away from what I'm most passionate about and that's just serving people. So now I get a chance to, you know, live out my purpose on a day-to-day as far as, like, what I'm doing because everything I do now has everything to do with my purpose compared to when I was a football player. It was just all about trying to be the best football player I can. But uh, now, 
you know, uh, I just feel as though my life is really just beginning, Kevin, man. I think that the best days of my life are, are still ahead of me. And uh, just like Michael Strahan said the best, I think I'm going to be far more successful away from the playing field than I ever was on it. So can you, talk, can you kind of give us, can you kind of talk about that purpose, kind of explain it, put it in a paragraph or something for us just so we kind of have an idea of when you say purpose, that's a, that's something that we're all looking for, something that everyone in this world is looking to, to, to find. Can you kind of define uh, your purpose for us and what you're, and what you're doing? Well, my purpose uh, was something I had to discover, and I, and I realized a long time ago that serving people was something that gave me the even more joy than, than uh, sports ever could. And once I realized that, you know, we were put on this earth to be served to each other. So that's, my, that's, what, I'm, you know, that's what my purpose My purpose is to serve. My, my passion is people. I mean, I have a passion for people. I have a passion for, you know, helping people realize their dreams. I'm a dream fulfiller in a, in a sense. I mean, I feel as though if I want my dreams to be fulfilled, I should be willing to help somebody else fulfill theirs. So my purpose is, uh, is serving, but my passion is people. And, and because, of, because of the fact that my purpose is all about serving people, I get to live by my passion and my purpose all at the same time. Awesome. So can you explain um, or kind of talk a little bit about how your faith has kind of helped you shape and, and mold that purpose? Well, my faith is all I have. My faith has always been there to shape everything I've done, not just sports, but everything in my life. I mean, I went to the University of Florida because my mother prayed, you know, a guy told her and uh, showed her gators in her future. That's how I went to the University of Florida. It wasn't because I, you know, came down to this you know, was it Spurrier or Dunn? Was it Spurrier or Bowden? My mother told me, guys, that I'm going to Florida, so I went to Florida. And, I mean, and my life has never, ever been the same since. God is, you know, he is my compass. He is he, he gives me everything that I need and nothing that I don't. It's, it's never, ever about what I'm looking to do and be. It's what he's looking to have me do, have me be for people. Because, I mean, my life is a dream. I tell people all the time, and I get to live the American dream because in the grand scheme of things, I'm just an ordinary dude. I just get I just get to live an extraordinary life, and the reason why I do it is because God gives me blessings in a way that I can that far, uh, you know, uh, you know, they far exceed my own expectations, and I've learned to be a blessing to others, you know, in the midst of me being blessed. So my faith is everything that I have because without it, I mean, I don't get a chance opportunity to talk to people like yourself, Kevin. I don't. I don't get to do the things I'm doing or the things that I've done. And like I say, I mean, I'm, I'm anxious, but I'm nervous for the future because I know that, you know, God got even bigger things in store for me. So my faith is everything. So, Ben, as we, as we know, um, in this world that we're in, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of, a lot of things that people can just kind of push themselves into and just really find success. You hear the success stories and, you know, sometimes, you know, it's not about going to school. Sometimes it's just following your passion or just going after with a with a really a determination to accomplish something. What in in you um, when you hear about your drive and, and your passion? What is what? How does your faith just kind of continue to in hard times and challenging times when those times are, are, are they come up and it looks like man, I don't know if I should go for like what? What do you do? What are you drawing from to really push past those obstacles? Well, my faith is my foundation. So the reason why I'm able to push past hard times is I understand that hard times are coming. I, I mean, I, things I used to dread, known as that those obstacles, those trials, those tribulations, I look forward to those things because every trial, every tribulation, every obstacle, every, every, everything that, that has challenged me to grow has come through obstacles. I, I don't grow from successes. I don't grow from good times. 
I mean, it's great to have good times and it's great to be successful, but I don't grow. I didn't, I've never grown from, from those things. So I look, I, I thank God every day for the struggle. Every single thing I go, I go through, that's what I've grown from. So, and I, and it, and it took time for me to understand that, that while I want to be successful and I want my dreams to come true, it's when they don't come true or it's when I have to work at something that I thought would come a lot easier is what I've grown from. So I've learned to embrace them. I mean, failure, obstacles, trials, tribulations, that's been my biggest tool, my greatest, my greatest, like, you know, friend in, in the sense of me trying to become what I'm trying to become because it's never ever about the end result for me now. It's about the process. And dealing with obstacles teaches me how to go through the process but really grow through it. It's amazing how adversity, it shapes us, it molds us. Um, sometimes, you know, people aren't, people aren't always, or like we used to say coming up, you know, they're always crabbing, they're always pulling you down, it looks like you're trying to get up, and, you know, when adversity comes, it could be in your home, it could be in your family, uh, it could be, you know, some type of sickness, and how adversity, how we respond to adversity, it, it says a lot about us. And, you know, I want to kind of get your opinion um, on a recent occurrence here with a, with a current coach, um, at Ole Miss, um, uh, Hugh Freeze, a man who, if you've, if you've followed him on Twitter or you've heard him in the media, he really, um, you know, he's really upfront about his faith and he's sharing the word and he's sharing scriptures and he, he's never shied away from that. But when you see what, what took place, um, I just kind of want to talk from this point, from this point um, kind of outside of what he did and, and, and not to, you know, giving any further condemnation or any putting any more guilt on him. I'm pretty sure that's tough for his family. But just to kind of, like, if for people that may be in this type of situation where they're facing this adversity, you know, and, and it looks like their integrity is, is just is, is shot now, how does someone – or what steps would you give to someone like that to, to recover from that? I'm, there's a chance, you know, years from now he may get a call to be in another job, but what would, you, what would you say to someone in that situation, like a Hugh Freeze right now, and then we'll kind of talk about the whole thing. I would tell him just to be open, open and honest about what he did. Try not to run from it. It's when you try to make light of the fact or to try to become like the victim is when people don't, you know, your, your message doesn't resonate with people. Understand that, yeah, listen, I, you know, faith is uh, tested when you're up against it, and he's human at the end of the day. I'm not here to condemn Hugh Freeze, or I'm not here to just uh, criticize him. He's human. And sometimes, you know, who we are behind the scenes is who we are on the scene. I mean, what I, what I show you uh, in front of you might not be what I'm actually living and doing um, behind the scenes. I think Hugh Freeze just got, you know, he didn't flee from temptation. Temptation is always going to be there. It's never going to be a situation where he's not going to have that temptation. And listen, him, him, him having a, him having a, a bad moment in, in this in this thing called life, it happens. But how he bounces back is really going to be determined um, upon him. Don't run from it. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try to become a victim. Just let people know I made a mistake. I let a lot of people down. Not you know, and I let myself down. I let my teammate. I mean, I let my team down. My university down. My family down. And hopefully, he can bounce back and have a resurrection type um you know type process that people can grow from and learn from through him and so yeah definitely we can't allow especially us as believers um one of the one of the greatest things that was example to us is to not allow a moment to define us to define the or paint the whole picture for us 
And, and, and that can be challenging at times because people are hurt, people are damaged. But I do believe that there is an opportunity for restoration for him, uh, for his family, and, um, you know, those different challenges that they have ahead of them. I mean, so many people do get hurt in these processes that go unsaid, coaches, coaches' families. I mean, just so many, so many tentacles out there that, that we don't hear about in the media that this affects. So, you know, our prayers definitely go out to those, the players. And um, yeah, I kind of want to ask you to, just to touch a little bit on the players and then we'll kind of move on from this conversation. But when the players go through a type of transition like this or, you know, you went through the or a coach leaves or something like that, those, this transition at the top, like the leadership within the, the, the team, the culture, can you talk a little bit about that and the importance of that to try to help sustain and, and move forward? It's really, it's, leadership is going to be the most important thing, and banding together is going to be the most important thing in this process. It's unfortunate what happens to them at Ole Miss. It's unfortunate what's going to happen to those players, but listen, players play coaches coach, and something, something, happened, something happened with my head coach to where we're going, to have to, we're going to have to move on from the decision that he's made. No different than and I'm not trying to say it the same way. If a if a star player does something that causes the team to, um, you know, lose out on his his talents and his abilities because of the decision that he made, you got to just move on. Adjusting um, when it comes to sports is the, is the, is the, what decides who's going to be good and who's not going to be as good as far as teams go. It's unfortunate for those players because this is a, this is a decision that a grown man made. He just happened to be the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. But I think those players are going to do a great job of rallying around each other. Those assistant coaches are definitely going to have to step up and uh, play roles that they never thought they had to play as far as, like, damage control. But that's football for you. That's team sports for you. Because when you got that many people uh, all have a responsibility and accountability, sometimes they don't take full advantage of it and they make mistakes. So, you know, I think Troy Palomaro says it the best. I mean, with so many people who are going to have uh, something negative to say about Hugh Freeze and to pull them down, I'm going to be one of those people to try to pull them up, let them know that, how he comes back from this will determine, you know, every opportunity that's going to come after this. But those players need to know that it's just, it's just a fork in the road. It's just a small thing to a giant. They can overcome it, and I think they will overcome it. That's awesome. And so, you know, with that said, um, you know, I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming season that we have. Uh, ben, you know, it's, it's, it's football time, and, and, you know, we're all excited. We're all giddy for the upcoming year. Everybody's undefeated. Everybody's got their best team. They've had the best offseason ever. And, um, but, you know, somebody's got to lose. And, um, and so last night, you know, um, we had the opportunity to go over to Friday Night Lights, and you just came from campus and talking with the, with the football team at Florida. So just kind of want to get your feel, your vibe, what you're seeing, uh, how you're feeling about the team in this upcoming year uh, for the Gators. I'm very, very optimistic, and the biggest reason why I am because we got a, we got good problems at the quarterback position. I mean, I know Zaire, uh, I know he didn't transfer from Notre Dame to sit. I know Felipe Frank is going to be a player that's going to be looked upon, do some great things next year. So if we can get some, and we can just get some some solid production from the quarterback position, and we can get some consistent production at the quarterback position, we're going to be in a real nice situation next year. I know that everybody's going to be talking about the first game with Callaway missing the game. But, hey, that's what I mean when I say we have to adjust. I'm really looking forward to our defense and what they're going to do because they've always they, – they, they, let's face it, they, they've been the heartbeat of our team. But uh, they got a chance to be real good. they got a chance to be real good. 
They've been, they've been able to they've been able to win the East minus bad quarterback play. I think we get consistent quarterback play. I think we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna definitely uh, shatter some hearts, even though the SEC still is not giving us you know that much uh, that much love, which that that's Florida for you. That that's that's normal. Love <laughs> that's nothing new, huh? So yeah. so recently, as you were saying, they they chose Georgia for some reason, your home state. They chose those guys to to win the East. Uh, to go up against Alabama, um, you know, personally, I'm not sure how and why, but they, they went with Alabama. A lot of times it's about perception and not necessarily about the team and the X's and the O's and things like that. But can you give us kind of like your overview of what you're seeing in the SEC across the league? Uh, if you have any predictions, anything you want to share on that end um, about the upcoming season? Well, Alabama's still going to be the team to beat. I mean, let's face it, they are the they are the gold standard of college football. They just happen to be in our conference. And to be able to win it all, to be able to win um, the SEC, you're going to have to be able to beat those guys down there in Tuscaloosa, which is fine. They've earned that, starting with the head coach and the players. But I think the in LSU going, I think LSU is going to be a team that's going to bounce back. Um, you know, uh, they've always been a team that contended. I don't see much else coming out of the West like that. I mean, Texas A&M, they, they're a good team, but I don't know how some of those guys going to do. I think it's, it's going to come down to Florida and Georgia in the East. I know Georgia gets a lot of pub based off the fact that they, these, uh, this recruiting class, I think they had a top 10 recruiting class. Um, they got a lot of guys coming back. Definitely a lot of guys on offense, but Florida is a team that's always going to be in the mix because Coach Mack is instilling you know, his persona on his team to just the next man up. He doesn't build his team around one team or one player, I should say. So, Florida, if we can, when we get some consistent quarterback play, we can get we can get the balls in the hands of our playmakers on the outside. We can still be, uh, continue to play dominant defense like we have. I think it's gonna come down to Florida, Georgia winning the East, and Alabama and uh, LSU winning the West. And so, um, you talked a little bit about Coach Mack. You know, and in your time and your your time you spent there. How and it's three years going in this third year. But how would you how would you give him if you had to grade? His time, his first two years, he went to the SEC East, you know, two years and one SEC East, two years in a row. But you still have people that feel like, uh, like they got they're, they're falling short for some reason. Like, how would you grade Coach Mack's first two years and the program as you see it now, and and kind of project it forward if you can? Oh, I give him an A. I give him an A because let's face it, if you win in your if you win in your if you win the SEC East every year, which means you contending for titles every year. He's been there two years, contended for two SEC titles. Uh, for two years, I mean, what else can he do? I mean, he's putting his team in the position to play for it all. Yes, we haven't done that well in the month of December. Redeemed ourselves last year with the January 1st uh, bowl game against Iowa. It's, it's going to come down to how we play in the East. It's going to come down to if we go back to Atlanta, uh, whoever we play, how we you know, how we play in the SEC championship game. How do we play against Florida State? It hasn't been two good years. That's two. That's that's something that he's definitely going to have to do better at. Beat Georgia twice, beat Tennessee once, but the way we've lost to Florida State two years in a row, we're definitely going to have to pick that up. And we're going to have to we're going to have to not just show up to Atlanta or beat, but actually go out there and play some ball. I mean, actually go out there and be competitive from uh, from the opening kick. So he definitely, I definitely understand the criticism, but at the same time, I think it's unwarranted because unrealistic expectations are always going to go on in the SEC, definitely down there in Gainesville. So our fans just expect excellence, even no matter what, no matter who we playing, no matter who that quarterback or how we've been playing. So that just comes with territory. 
But if anybody can handle it, Coach Mack definitely can handle it. Okay, Ben, so I'm going to ask you to give me one bold prediction for the upcoming year. I mean, just something nobody's thinking about that you kind of feel like this is going to happen. I think that the SEC will go undefeated in the bowl games next year. I don't think nobody's going to beat it because I think that we, we take pride in, even though people like what well, they, they most of them are consolation prizes, but I think that the SEC, no matter what bowl games they go in, they're going to go undefeated, that, and, and even the national championship. So I think we're going to go, you know, if it's eight, bowl, four or five or six bowl games, we're going to go 6-0. So no matter who we go up against, the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, I see the SEC, no matter what bowl game we enter, we're going to win it. We're going to win every one of them. We're going to go undefeated. Now, I'm going to hold you to that because these oh, ACC yeah, 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 yeah. guys, guys have doing, been doing a lot of talking. They've been talking about they're the premier conference. And yeah. You know, you know, they win one little national title and, you know. They yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they got two teams. They got two. They got Florida State. They got Clemson. I mean, you saw what happened to Louisville. I mean, just because you're because the best player in the country, that being Lamar Jackson, got the highest, it don't mean they're going to win that bowl game. But. Hey, listen. The ACC gonna always be our little brothers, man. They are gonna always feel as though they 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 want they they want it up on us. But I think we are gonna have something to say about it. And I'm looking forward to some ACC schools versus some ACC schools in um in these bowl games. So that, you know, because you know they gonna always have something to say. But talking about it ain't the same as being about it. Hey, what do you say? You gotta talk about it. You gotta be about it. Yeah. And so so then uh so as we get ready to close out, man, I want you to kind of just give us. Um, some, some closing words for our listeners, those that will be listening here on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to ask you just to give us some words of encouragement, exhortation, words of motivation, um, that when we, when, we, when we take the earphones out, when we take the headphones out, you know, that's going to cause us to keep running and uh, pursuing our goals. Just be who you are. Just understand that the dreams you have in your heart and in your mind and your spirit are not just coincidental. These are the things that you're supposed to be doing in some way, shape, or form. Understand that it, too much is given, much is required, and it's not supposed to come easy. It's supposed to be rough. You're supposed to doubt yourself. You're supposed to say, say to yourself, why me? But instead of saying, why me? Say, why not me? Look in the mirror every day and say to yourself, do I want, do I want to end my life knowing that I have something in me that could, could have benefited not just myself, but those around me? Understand who you are, what you are, and what you're capable of. Who you are and what you are is the same. Who you are is the greatest. What you are is the greatest. What you're capable of can't be measured. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are powerful beyond measure. So to anybody that's going to hear this podcast, anybody that's listening to my voice, just know that you are the greatest. You're not one of the greatest. You're not some of the greatest. You are the greatest. You come from greatness. So I would say that since you are the greatest, I think you should be pushed and pulled by your own greatness. Take your own greatness, put it in front of you. Take your own greatness and put it behind you. That way you're being pushed and pulled by your own greatness. Don't live up to no one's expectations but your own. And understand that in this life, you have a grand opportunity to make this world better simply because you was here. You don't have to live up to nobody's expectations. You don't have to try to be something uh, for somebody else and become a, become a man or a woman or a young man or a young woman of substance and not style. We live in a world of style. And that's why the world is the way it is. And be willing to be be willing to have your life be uncomfortable for someone else's comfort. Go out of your way for somebody else. Make your life become that of service. And, and by all means, have fun with it. Don't get to the end of your life and say what I should have, could have, would have did. I'd rather say I, I attempted it and it didn't happen than to say I never attempted it. So I say live it up, have fun with it, and understand God going to give you everything you need. And if he doesn't give it to you, then you don't need it. Hey, Ben, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. 
you're always a great inspiration to so many and um you know i just i just speak the the blessings over you man and just just speak the best for you that doors will continue to be open for you uh bible declares you know the, the the key of david will be upon you to open up doors that no man can shut and to shut doors that no man can open and that every opportunity before you i just i just speak prosperity and that for your family for your closest friends that that they just just see the love and the passion and the care that you have and that you just continue to pour it on them and that you would just be successful in everything that you do so thank you thank you thank you very much well, I appreciate you, Kevin, man. People like yourself, man, give me an opportunity, man, these platforms to tell my story and the, the people, you know, the, you know, the people to hear my voice. So as long as you, as many times you'll have me, man, I'll definitely be on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it so much, so much. All right, no problem. Thank you for listening today, and thanks again to Ben Troop for joining us. We have some great content coming up from Team Excellence. Soon there will be a story released about the father of Justin Fields, one of the highly rated recruits in the country, how faith has impacted his mission to raise his son. When it's released, you'll be able to check it out on excellence.com. That's spelled X-C-L-N-C-E. Com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Team Excellence. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at Team Excellence. And remember, keep your head up and live excellent.